Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Impure Rethought, a podcast which examines how patriarchy, purity, and profit shape Western culture. Except today we're not really doing that because I have a guest with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes. So I'm Eliza Unseth, um, author of weird things that aren't published because, you know, life is weird. And <laughs> I don't know. What else should I say about myself? <laughs> um, where do you live, Elizabeth? Mm. I live in Salem, Mass. Um, yes, I'm currently turning into a skeleton <laughs> due to the <laughs> month of tourism um, because I give ghost tours at night. So, so that's why Eliza is on today to talk with me about our favorite holiday. <laughs> a person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. Where did you get this pure thought and impure thought business? Who are you to decide what is pure and impure? This is the way life is made. There's nothing pure, there's nothing impure. Life is just the way it is. It's for you. A culture that is obsessed with and prioritizes a separation from and control of natural human desire. Halloween! Um, Eliza, what are your thoughts, relationships, and feelings about Halloween? Ooh, um, I love Halloween. Same. It makes me very happy. All the imagery surrounding it makes me very happy. Um, and, I don't know, it's like a fun time to watch spooky movies, eat delicious things, have pumpkin everywhere. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm basic and I like pumpkin. Um, and just, like, enjoy things. I don't know, it feels like a nice, cozy way to start autumn, even though it's, like, spooky time as well. Yeah. I, too, love Halloween. Um, I didn't love it growing up, but as an adult, I think mm-hmm. it's an, it's definitely a top two holiday for me. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, in our bonus episode today, it's not research or anything, we're just going to talk about mm-hmm. Halloween, basically, and how that relates to the church and our experience. So, I guess I'll let oh, you... Oh, this is going to be a fun time. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Um, because we, Eliza, you were, correct me if I'm wrong, raised evangelical in the Midwest. Yes. Yes. Pretty much the entire time. It was either Iowa or Minnesota all the time. Um, and we did not celebrate Halloween. Um, (laughs) I never really celebrated it till I was in my twenties. Um, even so (laughs) I was texting my sister about this earlier because I was like, do we remember the same things about it? And... (laughs) We had, like, a whole discussion about it. Um, so, like, on Halloween night when the trick-or-treaters would come, this is very funny, but we would, like, turn off the lights in our house, and sometimes we would, like, hide in, like, one particular room as a family. Um, and very often we'd, like, put black construction paper over the window panes, like, by the front oh door. Oh, my God. Why? <laughs> to Why keep were the trick-or-treaters so away. Of children in costumes? <laughs> Little agents of Satan out riding around. <laughs> um, well, and like, 
we were always because I remember there was a long period where I didn't know what was going on. I'd never heard of Halloween, and I was finally like, "What's going on?" Mm. And it was just like, "Oh, this is like a bad holiday, and it glorifies evil things and dark things." Um, and my sister was like saying she remembered being told that it like puts the devil on a pedestal, like specifically. Oh, my God. Um, and that it didn't like align with the Christian faith. Wow. Um, and also, um, my father came to the conclusion at some point that it was Reformation Day. I think it actually technically is Reformation Day, Mm. um, which is like the, you know, for those of you who are normal, um, it's the day that Martin Luther is said to have, like, nailed the 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg and uh, was like, the Pope sucks um, and all that good stuff. Wait, what what does that have to do with it being Halloween, though? Well, because we celebrate Reformation Day instead, because oh. it's a godly holiday. Oh, my God. And so, like, at my college, they did that, too. Like, a lot of people did that at my college. And, like, my dad will still text us, like, Happy Reformation Day every that year. Is which is, so like, whatever. Funny. Have fun. But, like, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. How do you celebrate Reformation Day? Honestly, like, we didn't really do anything either. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Go and, like, nail up a fake thesis to, like, a door. I remember there was one year. This reminds me. Where I, like, got a scroll of paper and, like, stuck it to a door. Because I was like, it's Reformation Day, so I'm going to, like, (laughs) this is... (laughs) I forgot all about that until just (laughs) I think I was like, it's Halloween, everyone dresses up, but we're doing Reformation Day, so I'm gonna Martin Luther the door. You could you could celebrate Reformation Day by being like a reverse trick or treater and going around and sticking scrolls on everybody's. <laughs> what if I did that to my whole neighborhood? Like just walked around like, excuse me, of things <laughs> that you want them to reform. We did celebrate Halloween when I was a kid. We always went trick or treating, oh, really? and well, I wasn't raised particularly religious, so we oh, right. always went trick-or-treating, and I trick-or-treated until I was, like, really old. Like, I think the last time I trick-or-treated, I was, like, 14. As you should. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm not passing up free candy. I was always so jealous of the trick-or-treaters. Like, all I wanted to do was put a costume on and go around and get candy. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry for little you. I remember, I <laughs> like, not liking Halloween as a kid because I used to, like, go and tell people that their decorations were too scary, and I didn't like that there were, like, mm. spider decorations around, but I loved the free candy of it, and I liked to dress up in costumes, um, and I loved Harry Potter, so I always loved Harry Potter stuff mm. came out around Halloween, and... Right, it was, like, the season of all the Harry Potter Yeah, well, I just... Which was also of Satan. Yeah, no Harry. So Potter. you you weren't you were one of those fabled people that was not around, not allowed to read Harry Potter. No, nope. no Harry Potter in this house. Oh no! And now for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now as an adult, like how how has your relationship to Halloween changed? It's definitely very different. I also like scary things a lot more than I did when I was a kid. I was like, mm. I liked creepy things, but not outright scary things like. Um, I hated those, like, masks. I don't know if you ever saw this. There was, like, a mask that was out, like, at one point where there was, like, fake blood. I think it was, like, the mask from Scream or something. The kid would, like, click a thing and, like, blood would go down the mask. Um, I hated that when I was, like, a kid. Um, 
it made me really uncomfortable. Um, and I definitely still prefer like the spooky, creepy ambiance to like the outright fully terrifying, Same. including in horror movies. I was, I would say, yeah, I'm. I was like a very goth kid, mm-hmm. but like goth in a gothic way. Same, not yeah. in a horror movie way well and that's the thing like as i've gotten older people are like oh you wear a lot of dark things and i'm like yeah but like it's more like gothic not full-on goth goth like and i think like because i think for you too when you watch like scary movies you're like looking for that vibe of like the the gothic or like the spook yeah i like i like the spook less about the jump mm-hmm. scare grotesque mm-hmm. thing i like psychological mm. horror the best, and this is like i love to read horror novels yes. horror is like one of my favorite genres but like i find that it's really difficult to translate that feeling of just like dread and like something is wrong to like a tv show or a movie i think that um roger Eggers, the Davovich, he did yeah, it really well. Yeah, that's so good. Like, um, the dread is just, like... Also, that whole movie, I'm like, this is just basically, like, what my life was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little more intense, but, like, very um, similar. My my favorite my favorite Halloween movie is The Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride is so, so good. Yeah, I mean, Tim Burton's problematic, but I saw that movie when I was, like, mm-hmm. nine, and I was like, I'm obsessed with everything about this. I think I was older than that when it came out, but whatever. I think we all watched um, it in, like, 2020. Like, it was one of the first thing, like, one of our early Yeah, ones. we did. And it was such a good time. Um, Yeah, I love It's such movie. a cute, like, comforting movie. Also, like, yeah. and then Crimson I'm, Peak gets a rewatch every year. Yeah, and yep. the invitation came out this year, and I'm like, that's going to go on my list of favorites because that's a good time. Well, I haven't even heard Wait, of. Wait, you that. have to see the invitation. It's a vampire movie. No. Ooh, you know, I did. I always watch What We Do in the Shadows. Mm, also um, a good one. The movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that movie in theaters. Not to brag. Uh, I wish but I had. I was a- ahead of my time. I think it came out too um, soon for me to see it in theaters. Like you know mm. before i would have been like allowed to go see it or thought it was acceptable because <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh what else i watched i watched hocus pocus 2 Ooh. yesterday and i gotta say the haters the haters were hating for no reason you i liked, liked it. it i thought it was fun yeah i i heard a lot of people said it was bad but i thought i thought it was a fun i haven't time. seen either of them so i still have no opinion <laughs> you haven't seen, you've never seen Hocus no. Pocus? That's funny since it's like a Halloween Disney I know, I need movie. to actually watch it. I think I'm gonna get to it this year. Um, people keep watching me without it. Watching me. Watching it without mm. me. Because <laughs> you saw I it like as a kid, saw, didn't you? I only saw, no, I only saw it as an oh. adult. I saw, I saw Hocus Pocus and Ghostbusters mm. as an adult and I liked Hocus Pocus a lot better. I did not care for Ghostbusters. I didn't see Ghostbusters, but as a kid we watched casper every year that was like our big halloween movie and how uh casper and it's a great pumpkin charlie brown but yeah i usually i'm re-listening to the magnus archives I right love now the magnus which is archives like, are you listening to them for the first time no no i i listened to it for, for the first time in 2020 and i got the bejesus scared out of me by a couple of the early episodes I'm listening for the first but then time. i listened to the whole thing <gasps> Ooh, I'm having so much fun. It's really good. It's so good. Like, yeah. I'm binging it hard. Like, I'm deep in, like, season two at this point. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Okay, yeah. It's terrifying. There's, they've got some real plot twists that come around, yeah. 
I'm I just finished my re-listen of the first Uh, season I'm glad it holds up for a re-listen like that's yeah I try I usually I usually give it a once every every October and then um I also listened to 13 days of Halloween which was good I like audio dramas I like to read spooky books audio dramas are very fun and then I usually always watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is, like, um, not a great show, but the aesthetics are on point. <laughs> I've never seen that. So, I've seen bits of it, but, like, I need to actually watch that as well. I think you'd like it. It's It's got good vibes, even though this, the writing is sometimes not great. Look, I like, don't need great writing. I just need a good got time. got good vibes. Yeah, that's... The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is definitely a good time. Oh, yeah. That I that I can tell you. I just got shown Halloween Town, so I was like, "This is <gasps> oh yeah." <laughs> See, we did watch Halloween Town when I was a kid. Yeah. We watched that. It's a very lot. mild. Like I know why we didn't watch it. Is obviously there's witches in it being like not villains. Mm. I mean, there's just witches in yeah. it in general. But but yeah, I was like, you know what else we watched all the hmm. time was the worst witch the worst witch okay i've heard of it and i haven't seen yeah. it it's like i don't know it's like so difficult to track down for mm-hmm. some reason like nobody has ever heard of it like i don't know why because i've definitely heard the title like that sounds familiar yeah. to me yeah i think it was from the 80s mm. I'm, i don't quite remember i was like but... is it another disney vehicle are they hiding it somewhere on there <laughs> No, it was, I don't know, we watched it on HBO Family, which I don't think is a thing. (laughs) I'm like, HBO Family, isn't that an oxymoron? No, but there's so much good stuff to watch. I feel like, um, like, that's part of the fun is just like watching all the spooky movies or like the fun Halloween movies. Yeah, I guess as a as, as a segue from that, like, I would love to know, because I think like, as I get older, my experience of fear has really changed. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that I think Halloween is fun now when I didn't before. Like, and I'd love to know, especially for you, like, I remember, like, I used to be, like, legitimately scared on Halloween that, like, because I don't know, I guess we should have led with this. Halloween is, like, a really old Celtic pagan holiday, Mm -hmm. originally, Samhain, where it's, like, the, the bridges between the world the worlds of the spirits and the human world are like thin and the spirits are able to cross over so that's why you're wearing masks and costumes so that they don't recognize, recognize you. you yeah isn't that transitioned eventually into all souls day as well or all saints day or yes. something like that i think catholic it was originally Church. all souls day and then it changed to all saints day mm-hmm. when the catholics came in but don't quote me on that one <laughs> this is all <laughs> unresearched folks <laughs> No, not a Catholic. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Reformation Day. No <laughs> cracks me up. Um, that you're just picking out your Catholic neighbors and going in and nailing things to their door. <laughs> Imagine. Um, Honestly, I'm surprised we never did, though. Like, again, there was a lot of, like, Catholic propaganda. It was, like, hardcore, like, 1800s up in there in terms of... That's so funny. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like like as I get older, like I remember when I was in the church being like legitimately afraid that like demons were like coming out from oh, my soul. Absolutely. Yeah. I was terrified. So like I was frightened of demons like my entire I mean, along with many other things, I was terrified I was going to burn in hell. I still always am mm. like I don't think I really like 
believe necessarily in hell anymore. But it's but... hard to, like, get that conditioning out of you. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I was always... T- I still can't watch any horror that's, like, demon-based or anything. Mm. Um, so I no lost a lot of sleep. No conjuring for me, no. Like, <laughs> as a kid, I lost so much sleep over, like... I would, like, people would give sermons, like, come into our church and give sermons, um, like, as guests, and this one guy, I remember one time, delivered the most terrifying, like, satanic panic demon sermon, and I, then there was a thunderstorm that night, I was terrified the whole way home, and then I, like, slept in my parents' bed, and my mom was so mad at this pastor, she was like, there were children in the audience! (laughs) (laughs) I remember I had, um, a drama teacher in high school who told us a story she had been, like, a pagan, quote-unquote, witch before, mm-hmm. and she told us a story of, like, having a roommate and then coming into the roommate's room, and there were, like, demons flying around her head, and the roommate being like, don't worry, these are my friends. At the time, when I was, like, 17, I was like, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, ah, she was fucking with us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, there was a guy who would come, this specific pastor who talked a lot about like being into rock when he was like in his youth. It was probably like the 70s or 80s, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we were very much in the camp of like any rock music, including Christian rock, can summon demons. Did you like live in the Footloose town? Like that's what this. Honestly, when like. I watched Footloose, I was like, this feels like my childhood, like a hundred percent. But like. Uh, there was also, like, a whole thing about how, like, the drum beats in rock music are taken from, like, African drum beats that are used to summon evil spirits. Like, it's incredibly, like, gross. That's so and... racist! Oh, it's 100% racist, but it's in tons of, like, books. Like, I once read a book about, like, how rock music is evil, and part of it was, like, this is used in, like, African, like, rituals to summon the spirits. And I was just, oh, like, and if you're playing this in God. church, you're summoning spirits. And, like... So even Christian rock was not okay. And this guy would, like, talk about being into rock music and how he had demons in his house because of the rock music he listened to. And they would, like, he said they were, like, yay high, like, like shorter than, like, like knee height, a little higher. Mm. And they would, like, be in his kitchen, like, rattling his silverware around. And I'm like, my dude, your house is haunted or you were deeply unwell. Also, that just, that sounds like a pretty underwhelming demon, not gonna lie. (laughs) Right. Rattling your silverware. <laughs> that's that's all it's doing. Um, I, uh, my big fear, my big fear when I was a kid was vampires. I was definitely. I remember you said this. You were terrified. Yeah, I was so scared, and I used to like imagine that like vampire. We lived in the mountains, so mm-hmm. I used to like imagine that vampires were at my window and were coming in. And so Halloween was tough for me because like a lot of times you'd get people dressed up as vampires or like vampire things around. Mm-hmm. And then when Twilight came out, was kind of when I got over my fear. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I didn't even mm-hmm. know about vampires for such a long time, and a lot of like creatures like that, just because. We didn't have any of that stuff in our house. Yeah, so Mm. I was just like, the demons are coming for me. Mm. I mean, I guess technically a vampire is a demon. I guess. like That's what that, I mean, they call them demons in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so that's what I'm going on here. They're also like, um, I read for research back when I was writing a vampire book, (laughs) this book by like a German monk. Why can't I think of the name of it? It had this really long title. It was, like, about the spirits and the other world, basically. Mm. Um, And he wrote a specific, like, bit that was about vampires and, like, about 
something about the evils or like how people thought they were demons coming back. I wish I could remember the specifics oh, wow. of it better. Oh, yeah, I'm totally, section. I'm about, I'm about to segue us again. We're about to go on a tangent here. I love tangents. I was, I was talking to Duncan recently about Dracula and how mm-hmm. vampires are like a well-known metaphor for homosexuality because there was an idea that like mm-hmm. homosexuality was like spread through blood for a while. Mm-hmm. And Duncan had no idea. He was like, because I, I, I made some comment like, yeah, vampires have been gay for centuries or something like that. And mm-hmm. Duncan was like, what are you talking about? And I was like... He traps him in a castle and sucks his blood. Like, that is a extremely... <laughs> the most gay thing ever. <laughs> like, and like, and there was an idea that homose- homosexuality and, and other sexual diseases, mm-hmm. uh, which is what it was considered at the time, were, like, spread through blood and, mm-hmm. and blood contact. And mm-hmm. he was like, what? And I was like, this is like, this is like a well-researched scholarly theory like how have you never heard of this i like like, when i read dracula i remember being like and i wasn't even like i was in a lot of like denial still at the time and i was having like a lot of issues like working through a lot of things but i was like this feels Mm -hmm. very gay to me is this gay this feels very gay (laughs) it's so gay yeah it's like one of the gayest texts you have ever read yeah no extremely (laughs) it's just like yeah ooh. So much of the vampire fiction is like, and mm-hmm. and a lot of gothic fiction in general, like is yeah, true. Also, very like, much very queer coded in ways. Yeah. Oh, vampires, rock music, and demons. Yes. <laughs> um. Now I'm a big fan of all of those things, mm-hmm. and my fears are more about men. <laughs> yeah. And people are terrifying. Uh, yeah, real people. Yeah. So, what about like your work giving ghost tours? <laughs> how has that? How has this influenced you? I don't know if it's changed me much. Like, I get to tell people horrible stories, and I love telling horrible stories. I think one of the things <laughs> I love about the ghost tours, honestly, though, maybe this realization just hit me. So, this is maybe why this is so fun. Um, giving the ghost tours almost gives you like a sense of control over like ghostly spooky narratives in a sense um Mm. and you're telling these awful stories you know about horrifying things that have happened to people or like the ghosts that appear and i feel like i've developed like almost a little more resilience towards some spooky stuff from doing the tours Mm. because i've definitely watched some movies that are scarier than i used to be able to watch or read some books that were scarier or i'm like listening to the magnus archives which I probably wouldn't have been able to Magnus do. Magnus like, Archives is scary. Years yeah. ago. So I do think like giving the ghost tours does kind of help create that sense of like, I can do this narrative too. Um, and like, I don't always have to be afraid of it necessarily. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. I'd never even thought of that before until I was just talking about it now. And I was like, huh. And also nice. like, you know, horrible stories are always a good time to tell. On that note, what about in your writing? Like, I'm curious to know, because because we have read each other's work mm-hmm. and we both uh, explore pretty macabre theme- themes mm-hmm. in our work. Like, I'm curious to know, like, did that come, did the uh, writing come first? Is that a way that you explored your uh, interest in the darker side of things? Or did the, did the spook come first? I think the writing honestly came first because, like, Hmm. looking back when I was really small I kind of wrote like you know typical like small person stuff but definitely (laughs) as I got older I wrote like pretty dark stuff like 
it wasn't on the level. Like, it got darker as I got older, too. But there yeah. was definitely stuff I wrote. I never let anybody read anything I wrote when I was younger. And I think I was always, like, worried that they would find something, you know, unholy about it or, like, not Christian enough about it. Um, you know, like, they would be like, oh, your soul yeah, is They impaired. probably would have. <laughs> Honestly. And I didn't, like, do... I had ideas for supernatural fiction that I never wrote because I was like, that's bad and I can't write that. Like, mm. the vampire YA came from a dream I had when I was, like, 15 or 16, and... Nice. Yeah, and I was, like... My first nightmare ever involved a vampire. Oh, uh, see, see, just, like, they are everything. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, I can't write a vampire book. Like, that's... That would be, like, bad of me. That would make me a bad person. And then, years later, I was like, time to write this book. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of my fiction was dark, and even when it was, like, funny as I got older... It would be, like, Mm -hmm. dark and funny. Like, I wrote a story in college that was, like, about the origin of the lake on our campus. And it was very much, like, a folk horror situation that was written with a very, like, funny voice. And also making fun of the colonists who kept, like, coming over and trying to, like, do things by the lake. And then, like, all the indigenous people in the area were like, what the fuck are you doing? Please leave now. And they kept coming and dying in the lake. Um, And I rediscovered that story not long ago. And I was like, hmm. 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 interesting (laughs) much to think about were you like always writing like darker stuff because or were you like into horror and then i tended to explore darker themes but definitely with the more like fantasy slant Mm -hmm. in general i mean i'm still kind of figuring out like where my style is going now Mm -hmm. but i definitely have um I definitely have always been interested in the darker side of things. I like to say that my favorite genre doesn't matter what genre it is, but my favorite genre is bitches with problems. Uh, and yes. it always has been. Women's wrongs. Like, I really, really <laughs> loved um, Incarceron when I was in high school, which I think you're one of the only people I've ever met that also read that book. No, it wasn't Did me. You? Oh, okay. Well, never mind. But that was pretty dark. <clears throat> I definitely wouldn't have been allowed near it. <laughs> it it wasn't actually like a fantasy. It was like sci-fi. But it, yeah. anyways, it was it was like very like gothic, and I liked I liked stuff that had like good aesthetics. But I was mostly like, where are the magic powers? Mm-hmm. So as a kid, that's what I steered towards. And then now now I would say I'm leaning more towards like fiction with thriller psychological thriller elements and then just like straight up horror Mm -hmm. as well but i'm kind of playing around with like the formats that i'm writing into the past couple years i find myself doing like like leaning more towards the um like the romance with the supernatural and like the supernatural Mm. thing not being terribly safe and i don't know if there's like some i'm sure there's like a deep rabbit hole you could go down about like romance with like unsafe um yeah sketchy beings um but like and for you like when you were writing like dark fantasy um yeah and fantasy with like a lot of religious themes yeah was that like for you a way of processing a lot of those themes like of dark like especially the way people in the like evangelical circles view darkness um and how that makes us for sure yeah, basically, so the last two books that I wrote both were about religious trauma mm-hmm. um, in different ways. One of them was a secondary world fantasy, yeah. which means that it's taking place in 
a world completely separate than, than ours. And one of them was contemporary fantasy. One of them was about ghosts. The other one was about regicide. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it really so... well, like deal with religious trauma through like fiction. <laughs> thank I feel you. Like. It's definitely, yeah, it's, thank you. It's different. So like, the the first book that was the secondary world fantasy that actually came from the question of like what would a religion that actually worships death mm-hmm. be like because you get a lot of criticism of that like you get a lot of like criticism of satanism being like this is the religion of death blah 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 well blah, did blah. you hear a lot of like criticism of like a lot like I heard a lot of stuff especially in college that was like we live in a culture of death and we have to like celebrate life as much as we can and like stuff like that and and especially eternal life Mm. like like that's the whole I like thinking about it academically Christianity as as a whole entire religion is literally about the fear and rejection of death Mm -hmm. right so like I was like I was thinking of what would a religion that is opposite to that Mm -hmm. be like like an exact I mean I flip of the coin <clears throat> yeah, and I eventually, eventually, like it ended up in the same place, and that like they still believe in eternal life. It's just like the way that you get there is different, mm-hmm. which was just like how I decided to world build it to make sense mm-hmm. in the story. I mean, I tend to use writing as a way to process everything, and then um, when I was screenwriting, I wrote a lot of like dark comedy and like mm-hmm. thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of like processing and then in in the fantasies that i wrote which were about religious trauma like i think the darkness of religion to me like the the true scary story is the heteropatriarchy mm-hmm. right so like it's a, and the the way that power structures are abused mm-hmm. so that just kind of comes out in my writing mm-hmm. and i i think like in the the secondary world fantasy that I wrote, which I'm not saying the title of because I don't want anybody to steal it because yeah, it's the best one I've good. ever come up with in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way about um, like a couple of mine. I'm like, no, no one shall have this. <laughs> yeah. And the secondary world fantasy I wrote, I think, is like, it, it was dark, like, in aesthetics because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be cool but then the actual <laughs> like darkness of the story is all about like abuse yes and 100%. and trauma and gaslighting and, and that's why it hits being so hard stuck in a system <laughs> uh, it's so good like I told you this like I don't cry very often when I read fantasy specifically oh. and like that book wrecked me um I'm still thank you destroyed well and it's funny also like speaking of like writing and exploring like control and those dynamics because mm-hmm. I have like a couple different things I do like especially in the past couple of years I've written a couple like romances with like paranormal yeah. entities um specifically yeah. and in the first one I wrote the husband um of the main character is obviously just like a human guy and he is beyond terrifying like by the end of the book he's just horrifying and the otherworldly being like seems frightening and has like talks a big game but like at the end you're you know he's actually Mm -hmm. the better option of the two and like the safer option of the two and in the other one I wrote uh it's you know it's reversed and yeah I feel like part of that is like I'm not sitting there going the supernatural option is the scariest you know like because I feel like when I was a kid it's yeah. always like the supernatural thing is always the worst but it's more like who's well, trying think... to steal things from the heroine or who's trying to like control her the most you know 
Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, I think as a kid, it's easy to think, uh, although not me, I was like, come on, where's the fairy circle? I want to get in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I always I always appreciate stories about fairies from a horror perspective mm-hmm. because it, like, where they're, like, messing with your mind because um, that's, like, that's, like, the things that I like. Um, but as a kid, it's easy to think, or, or as an uninformed teenager, to think the supernatural is what's scary because it's the other and it's unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And that's also a reason that we have a lot of um, speculative fiction that's, like, mm-hmm. that like specula- speculative fiction in the literary canon, sort of, like Frankenstein and Dracula and mm-hmm. the fall of the house of usher and everything like and weathering heights although weathering heights isn't really speculative is it but whatever anything that has a ghost yeah it's like a lot about um a lot of it's about like cultural anxiety deep down mm-hmm. and like as you get old, i'm working i'm working actually right now on a audio drama pilot and like yes. the point the the point that I keep coming back to as an adult, as I'm writing, is, like, the the real terror of this story is not, like, in the villain. Mm-hmm. It's not in the terrifying invader. It's about how everybody around the heroine, like, reacts yeah. to that. Yeah. And the desertion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, when you're left alone to deal with this thing and no yeah. one believes you or no one's going to help you. It's such a real like a real yeah. thing and i think that's, that's such a like, big part of like those stories and how you end up plotting them out in the end you know exactly on that note uh what is it like to live in salem massachusetts <laughs> um actually salem is really nice in a lot of ways like, i love salem yeah i really love it um there's a lot of like stuff to do all the time um there's you know pretty much options. it's also very gay there it's also very gay which is great um there's like great drag um every uh every like sunday specifically um by a local queen uh miss diamond wakefall she is an icon yeah she does it like in this park every sunday um and then she's like does a ton of stuff in halloween so it's like always a good time for like something like that um there's just like a lot of queer people in town as well which is fun there's a lot of fun local businesses like small businesses which i enjoy because i can buy things there instead of it like you know, Amazon or yeah. like Target or yeah. Walmart or whatever. Um, so that's fun. And obviously like tour guiding is a fun job. Although it gets yeah. hectic in October. Um, no, October here is like, it's such a mixed bag because it's definitely super fun to see everyone go all in for it. Um, the decorations are really phenomenal. There's skeletons everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's so packed with people downtown, you can't move and you're like, I'm going to die. This is how I die. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Relatable. like, it's a mix of things, but no, it's a good place to live. And it's also like, there's a lot of like folklore, you know, and spooky, like traditions and like ghost stories. And yeah, I remember, um, when I went to Salem for the first time, mm-hmm. I, visited the memorial of the victims of the Salem yes. trials and I remember being kind of I mean we had read the crucible in high school mm-hmm. but I didn't know that much about it and then I remember like standing there and thinking about how like witch hunts get a lot of press representation mm-hmm. but how it was like actually like really quite tragic mm-hmm. and and 
that like something like I I like that Salem leans into its mm-hmm. reputation, but at the same time that it can be obscuring this like really terrible thing that happened mm-hmm. that we need to be aware of so it doesn't happen again well and it's a horrifying um, event um and people like are always asking me you know why and i'm like there's theories but in the end it's just people suck and like people yeah. you know had and, all these like weird vendettas against each other and yeah there's just and, like children. against women specifically because mm-hmm. it was majority women and also yeah. like the thing about salem that's interesting as well is like it is horrible that these 20 people were murdered like during a witch trial Mm-hmm. But also, like, speaking, like, more broadly as well, you have, like, an extinction, pretty much, of, like, an entire, like, tribal group in the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, in 1626, Roger Conant and his Puritans come over, and they're like, oh, my gosh, look at these empty homes. We're just going to take them over. And they, like, basically mm. appropriate these, like, indigenous homes, live in them. And when the people come back, you know, they're like, there's these people in our homes. Um <clears throat> and we know how everything goes from there. Like it doesn't go well for any of the any of the people who are originally in the area and it's also like a lot a lot of deaths, you know. Um yeah. Especially during those land grabs during like European powers, you know, they're like we're going to have land and they're like you know, join our side and like you'll have land at the end of this as well. So it's definitely You like, know? That's something else that I think about a lot um, during, like, in horror as, mm-hmm. like, the representation of the body mm. and, like, the way that the body is presented, mm-hmm. things that are grotesque. I was just thinking about this um, in terms of age. Like, age is often presented as something terrifying mm-hmm. and grotesque. And, like, in The in the Shining, there's that scene with, like, the, the sexy woman who turns out to actually be old. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, she's old. Terrifying. Have you seen X? No, I haven't. Okay, so X is very much, like, has that vibe as well. Uh, like, the old people are terrifying. Yeah, it's always an old woman, too. Mm. And, like, and then, like, as well, it's, like, a lot of the times the things that you see, it's, like, they're old and they're white. Mm-hmm. The scary things yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, there's, a, like, it's a well-known sort of horror trope that, like, the black guy dies first, mm-hmm. right? Like... I don't know. I don't. I don't have any theories on this. I was just thinking about it. Do you so think it comes like that. from this like thing we are always like kind of is in the back of your mind? Like I feel like a lot of people don't want to think about it, but it's such a real part of where we are today and why life is the way it is. And I know people don't like to think about it, and it makes them uncomfortable. I mean, it makes you know you talk well, about I it think... in front of tourists, and they're like, "This is awkward. Can we get to the fun stuff now?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say, I will say, I think that the paleness comes from like blood loss during death, but again, that's like a very like white person yeah. thing. Like, not not that people of color don't get paler when they die; they do. Mm-hmm. But it's they're you know you're still black when you're dead. Exactly. Um, and I mean, I do, I do think that like, did you read the only good Indians? Sorry, that was no, segue, but, but I that have, was a really good horror novel. I want it was to very read that. scary. I keep meaning to read it. <laughs> Because I hear it's terrifying. It it was really scary. But, like, I definitely think that, like, horror has problematic roots, especially mm-hmm. especially when it comes to American folk horror. Mm-hmm. It's often about, um, and, like, anything that deals with, like, voodoo. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some cultural reckoning 
to be done there. Oh, yeah. But that's a really great point about, like, the extinction of the native peoples. Mm-hmm. It's like, the I mean, the Salem Witch Trials was, was tragic and it was sad, but, like, why has that gone down in history when it was really quite a small number of people? And I don't mean to, like, disparage it but i'm also like the number of people who died in those trials comparatively speaking is yeah like there was a different there was a different tragic event that like nobody talks about right like can we also mention this tragic event within Mm -hmm. this community as well because like and that's the other thing is that particular tribal group basically went extinct um yeah due to like it was a subset of the greater like massachusetts um tribal group which like but it definitely, like, there isn't a lot left. And there's definitely efforts now to recover a lot of that. But, you know, like, so many people died. And again, I'm not saying the people who died in the witch trials aren't important. But yeah. it's funny that we ignore one thing while talking about the other so extensively in this town. Well, I think, uh, uh, okay, to put it more succinctly, the point that I was trying to make about horror earlier mm-hmm. is that the horror that happens is often the horror that happens to the white body. Yes. Like, yes. And things that don't happen to the white body are inconsequential. Right, because they're like, witch trials, this is horrifying, let, you know. Yeah, it's definitely like, oh, like we talk, you know, it's almost like they get put on this pedestal of, like, suffering. Yeah. Um, like, their suffering is more worthy. Exactly. <clears throat> I took my girlfriend's cat to the vet for her this morning. Oh, how was it? He was so, <laughs> he was displeased. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> he shrieked so much poor boy oh, i have a new cat i got a black cat i saw i'm so obsessed with him her then him so he's hobgoblin. a boy. hobgoblin yeah hobgoblin. okay i guess we can ask that how do you feel about black cats eliza i love black cats mm. i would absolutely have a black cat if i could um Black Cat Adjacent, speaking of ghosts, um, which you probably know this story because you're like a seasoned traveler. Um, But if you're in Rome, they tell you that if you see a black cat around the Colosseum, it's probably the ghost of Nero wandering around. Um, And then one time when I like, I think it was the second time I went to Rome. I saw a black cat wandering around the Colosseum. And you were so like, I may That's have seen Nero. the ghost of Nero. Oh. That's definitely Nero. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just I just got a black cat. His name is Hobgoblin. Dimitri hates him, but we're working on it. We're introducing you them know. slowly and properly. As expected. I love black cats. Too. Dimitri. Oh, I remembered I my too. I remembered my question. Okay. Yay. So I it's a it's a two parter. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, considering the context of the conversation we just had about the St. Louis trials, what do you mm-hmm. personally think is the most horrifying event to happen in history? Oh, oh like we're going there. like not the most horrifying in general, but the most horrifying to you. Like what strikes fear into your heart? I think like maybe this is related to my childhood Mm -hmm. but the spanish inquisition was always like Mm. deeply terrifying to me yeah um and i think in general like large mass like hunts of people yeah the religion or like the set of your like subset of your religion or like other religions has always been really terrifying to me so that's why you live in salem (laughs) yay (laughs) um (laughs) 
Mine, mine is the rape of Nanking, which I'm not going to get into because, like, huge mm-hmm. trigger warning for if anybody mm-hmm. looks into that. Like, mm-hmm. it is grotesque and terrible. Um, important, but don't eat before you read about it. That That's probably yeah. fair. I feel like I vaguely have heard about this and was, like, very unsettled. Yeah, we did, a like, a section on it in one of my classes in college, mm-hmm. and I, and then um, The Poppy War by R.F. Kuang is, like, a fantasy retelling of the events of that. I did not know that that was a retelling. I started mm-hmm. reading that, and I want to finish it because it was really good, but I heard it gets really heavy, so I was kind of, like, holding off. Yeah, it's all... All of the stuff in the chapter of hers that is the retelling is actual documented things that happened during the rape of Nanking. Um, That's all straight from history. It is crazy. It is really heavy. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. just beware. It's a great book, um, but... Mm -hmm. It is like it definitely has a chapter chapter twelve. You should skip it if you have a light stomach. Um, you know what I also just thought of as being deeply horrifying when I was a kid. What the Children's Crusade? Uh, what's that? It was when the Pope like riled up a bunch of kids and got them to like go crusading like <gasps> after like the knights. What? And they were like children. What? Um, and a bunch of them died of like you know you name it, like, starvation or just, like, accidents or, like, a bunch of them were kidnapped, I think, at some point and, like, you know, like, tons of them died. And I always found that really terrifying when I was a child. Maybe because I was, like, yeah, I'm the type of child a pope could talk into doing some, like, real <laughs> you were You were, like, oh, no, I'm the target audience. I know, I'm, like, I'm the target audience for this pope. Um, and... Then my like... my last question for you is like what's what's your personal spookiest story? Oh, my personal spookiest story. Yeah. Um I don't have like a lot of ghostly experiences cuz like, you know, I'm just not that person. That's fine. I will say It doesn't have to be a ghost. <laughs> it could it could be a spook of any kind. Um I have like two spooky experiences from my life. Mm-hmm. Um one involves like being in a castle um i've been to like a lot of castles yeah. and this particular one um is called Thrive castle and it's down on the scottish borders um mm. and you have to take a little boat across a lake to get to it you have to like ring a bell for a ferryman like That's you're in the so middle cute. ages it's very funny yeah it's pretty adorable um and the thing's like falling to bits but um i started to walk into it and i had like the most like unwell feeling um, as i walked into it and kind of like the whole time i was in it and that's never happened to me before it's never happened to me since so that's like pretty spooky Mm. um definitely i also you asked for one i'm giving you two because i only have that's fine I was in a hotel one time um, back when I was a flight attendant, mm-hmm. and so I spent a lot of time like alone in hotel rooms. Yeah, and I was going to sleep, and I heard a voice like yell "Help!" Oh, no. next to my ear, like twice, and it scared me so bad. But then I heard like sirens go by not long after, which was like uh. more terrifying. <laughs> yeah validated it what about you what are your like spookiest encounters okay this isn't this isn't a spooky story but i'm gonna tell it because it scared me so bad when i was a kid Mm -hmm. which is i saw that you remember that show where they like debunked urban legends 
Mm, I never saw that, but that oh. makes sense that I wouldn't have because Urban Legends would have yeah. been considered like. Never mind. Well, there was a show. <laughs> there was a show that did that, and it was on one time. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't supposed to be watching it. One of my the mm-hmm. TV was on, and there was a one of the Urban Legends was about like a man who was taken back to a hotel room by a woman that he'd met at the hotel bar, and he woke up in a bathtub full of his ice, and both of his kidneys had been taken out like they'd been removed um no that scared the shit out of me i was just (laughs) like somebody's gonna come take my precious kidneys horrifying Um, as as far as as far as things that have happened to me personally um the scariest thing was for sure almost drowning but that was just nature the scariest force of all um nature is scary spooky things i mean as you know i am plagued by nightmares and i have been my whole life Mm -hmm. i think one of the spookiest Mm -hmm. ones i've ever had was that i was imprisoned in a ditch by a witch next to my the decomposing corpse of my mother which i don't know ditch witch yeah ditch witch i would i would love to know (laughs) what carl Jung has to say about that one um dream analysts hit me up that was, that was one of the spookiest ones <laughs> I've like, ever had. <laughs> that's terrifying. Like, was your mother's, like, just... <gasps> Wait, no, do you want to hear like... about the scariest dream I've ever had? Yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh, We're yes. going to take some time here. Also, I hope you guys are enjoying yeah. this episode that's all over the place. I very recently have been diagnosed <laughs> with ADHD, so... <laughs> <laughs> I just know I have it. I don't ask anyone. <laughs> that's fine. Um... <laughs> Mine, mine was a curveball, but, it, you know, I can see it now. Um, Life can be that way. Scariest dream I've ever had. My grandparents live way out in the countryside, like, by Yosemite. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, no lights around their house. Um, and they have a sunroom, so they have huge glass windows. And in this dream, I was at my grandparents' house in their sunroom. We were, like, all – my whole family was just down sitting in the sunroom. And we were getting ready to go to bed. And my grandma was like, hey – um, if people come to the windows and try it again, just try, just ignore them. And I was like, what the fuck are you? Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely not. not. And my grandma was like, yeah, it's okay. We have guns. If they get in, we'll just shoot them. But if you just ignore them, they won't get in. And I was like, you're not leaving me down here alone. And... Um, they did that. They went to bed. And then my grandma was like, yeah, if, if they get in, it's okay. And then like tomorrow there will be the woman here. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so they went to bed. The next day comes and I like get up and there is in fact a woman in the daylight sitting on the couch. I have never seen her before. She's like a middle-aged blonde lady and she's just watching me. And and I'm like who are you and what do you want and she will not speak but wherever I go she gets up and she follows me and she just watches me and she's just watching me and she won't speak and I'm like screaming and crying trying to get her to go away and finally I so I go to a tower where at at no other point in this dream did a tower or a husband exist except for right now but this guy in the tower like Speaking of towers, mm-hmm. like the imagery of that is like also yeah. incredibly terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, 
this guy in the tower was my husband and he was like a bad scientist or something and i was like how yes. do i get rid of this woman and he was like oh, it's just a doll like here's a voodoo doll basically and there's a what? clock in the bathroom in, in the bathroom there's a clock in the back and you have to unwind it so i like took it and unwound it and then she went away for like a second and i was like oh thank god and then she came back and i was like oh no and i like really violently attacked the voodoo doll and then the woman like started bleeding and melting away and i was like oh thank god she's gone and then the next day i was with a my husband again but a different husband um neither of these husbands were my actual boyfriend also they were just totally (laughs) random men um and we went to the horse races a place that i have also never been and i'm thinking Mm -hmm. like in my mind what like wow i'm so glad that woman's gone and then i looked in the crowd and there she was and she was looking right at me and i like ran away and there was like a flower market (laughs) behind the horse races and i ended up in the flower market and and she followed me and I was like, what do you want? Like, leave me alone. Leave me like, how do I get you to go away? And she like pointed at a specific type of flower. And then I was like, is this really all it would have taken? And then I woke up. Oh, my lands. That's the scariest what the dream actual I've ever hell had. was that? <laughs> also, why haven't you like written a story based on <laughs> I I need to figure out how to use it. Like I truly like I ha- I do have some stories that are based on dreams. Like I wa- mm-hmm. I actually won a Halloween short story contest that was based on a dream. Yes. Um, I'd love to see it. Yeah. And speaking but, of yeah, dreams by the way and vampires mm-hmm. unrelated to anything we're, well yes this is related because we're talking about dreams and vampires um I dreamed like last week that I had to like marry a vampire. Ooh. And one of I was trying to get out of it, and I went to like this tattoo shop that's local, that's run by like these funny. twin brothers. Because apparently they're like magicians. <laughs> that is the in best tattoo shop, yeah. It's so good. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. Um, and like they're also magicians in my dream, and apparently they're like known for doing like protection ward tattoos on people mm. to like keep the vampires away. Because apparently mm. in this universe, the vampires were just like everywhere, that's and funny. I like. They weren't in their shop, and I had to, like, search for them, and they were in a hidden upper room. And then they were like, well, the tattoo might not work because you're, like, already, like, picked by the vampire or whatever. (laughs) It was, like... And I was so mad at my family because then they were like, yeah, you have to do it. Otherwise, like, the vampire's going to come kill all of us. Oh, no. (laughs) I hope you're all right. Bye. Yeah. And then the vampire sister, like, came to pick me up in, like, this car and brought me to this, like ugly house that was falling apart and it was in a neighborhood full of gorgeous houses and of course it wasn't any of the nice ones it was of the course worst not. one yeah and like all the floors were covered in like an a foot or two of water in the upstairs it was horrible <laughs> that sounds that sounds terrifying see we don't we don't want to marry a vampire in a falling yeah. apart house that's full of water it's will... just not very sexy yeah no um <laughs> cool all right so halloween dreams for my final for my final question i'll ask what is your recommended uh spooky media it can be anything but recommended recommended seasonal read watch listen activity um well we've talked about magnus Mm -hmm. i told you about the invitation which Mm -hmm. i definitely would recommend um as far as reads let me think here um this is very like nepotistic but i love dowry of blood and i'll stand it to my dining yeah dowry of blood is very good 
And that has nothing to do with the fact that we know the author. No, absolutely nothing. Certainly Um, unrelated. No, but I genuinely love it as a book. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, It's a good time. I'm sure if you, like, asked me this question and I'd actually thought about it more, I would have, like, other recs as well. Um, But no, I find that book, like, genuinely good, kind of terrifying as well. Yeah, it is pretty terrifying. It's a ride. Yeah. For sure. My Um, recommendation would be Sundial by Catriona Ward, mm -hmm. which is not, like, it's it's set in the desert for it, so it's not, like... That's spooky, but it's so scary. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I had to stay up all night after I finished it, and I slept with the lights on. And then You're like, ah. I would also recommend Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson. I was about to ask, so I had that on my shelf, and I've had it for ages, and I keep wanting to read it. And I was like, this is the month. The time is here. It's really good. It's like, because it's like the setting is like puritanical, but it's like it like all the mm-hmm. darkest stuff about the Puritans. Mm-hmm. So I also just got her um, House of Hunger, which I'm like, uh, I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I really want it. Oh, I'm like, I want to do just a back to back and read both of uh, yeah books. Just yeah, like they're both good. OK, yeah, because I'm definitely like that seems like it is the season. It sure is my favorite. Season. And I just read The Maidens, which is like not um, horror oh. per se, but it's like mystery. Yeah, I, I have looked at that one in the bookstore several times and then not. Yeah, pick, no, not bought it's, it. a, it's a good time. Um the twist Fine. is definitely, definitely and if wild, you so. don't want to be spooked but you want some some witchy stuff i would recommend the book practical magic because yeah actual definition of no plot just vibes but yeah the vibes are good so can't complain need to read it but i have a copy the author is also coming to salem this oh that's fun i've read i've read I that know. whole series did you know that alice hoffman wrote aquamarine i didn't know that what yeah she like wrote Stop. all these like like great children's books after practical magic and i was like what ah, um, i had no idea yeah anyways ah, that's yeah. crazy no she's coming to salem i forget what day but like you geez. should go see her I know. I should. I don't know if I can though. I might have tours. Oh, R.I.P. The whole series yeah. is good, but Practical Magic is like good, good witchy vibes. Yeah, a lot of people I know are really into it, so that's also on my list of mm-hmm. probable. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, um, I was also gonna say the death of Jane Lawrence. Oh, I just bought that. Yeah, that one is unhinged and weird, but oh, it good. is such a good time. Like, I strongly recommend. It's definitely like very unsettling. Cool. So. Where can people find you if they'd like to follow you, Eliza? They can find me on Instagram because I refuse to get anything else. As um, is your no longer on right? You know, for the sake of my mental health, we have to limit it. So I'm on Insta um, at Rubbish Pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, I have a website as well, ElizaOnSeth.com. Yep. Um, but my and Instagram's more entertaining. Stay tuned if you'd like to keep in touch with Eliza's writing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We def- we immediately thought of you when we were like, who's who should be our Halloween guest? So yes, we love Halloween. It's um, a good time. Yeah. And I think we had a very interesting conversation. So yeah. I agree. You I, can it was very fun. Follow the pod at Twitter on Instagram at Impure Rethought. You can email us at impurerethought at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave us a review. Give us a Spotify rating. Uh, yeah, that's it. We don't have a Patreon or anything. Um, good job. Yeah, you can mentally send good vibes to Hobgoblin, my new cat. And yes. you 
will hear from us soon. We'll be back with a few more bonus episodes in between now and season two. So so excited. Thank you for listening. Would you like to say our outro with me? Yes, I would. (laughs) We'll go after three. May May your your thoughts thoughts stay dirty. dirty. May your thoughts stay dirty. Always. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Stay spooky. Spooky, scary skeletons. (laughs) Happy Halloween.